Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Roshcast, How to Learn Better, a podcast about the art and science of successful learning in health professions for learners and teachers alike. With you is your host, Dr. Danya Koja. For our second episode, I would like to welcome Ms. Kelsey Taylor. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, everyone. So, Kelsey, tell us a little bit more about you. So, I'm Kelsey. I am a newly graduated physician assistant from New York City. I went to Pace University. I graduated August of 2017, took my pants the first week of September, passed, and then started working in emergency medicine up in the Bronx in December. So, Kelsey, you and I were talking about what helped you ace your tests. What would you like to share with our listeners? So as many of you know who go through physician assistant school, we have our clinical end of rotation exams. And for me, the biggest thing was just consistency to my studying. I made sure to always go off the blueprints. And with every blueprint, I made a study guide. Typically, actually all of the time, I would type my study guides. This took a lot for me to get used to because all through college I did handwrite, but unfortunately there's just too much to learn and you just don't have time to handwrite anymore. So I got used to typing and I found that I could internalize things just as well, typing opposed to handwriting. And although these study guides took a lot of time during each of my rotation, it was so, so, so helpful for me to have at the end when it came down to the pants, which was the biggest exam of my career thus far. So yeah, consistency and going off those blueprints and having well-typed, well-organized study guides was very key to me. Okay, so you kind of already talked about this big argument that's out there about typing versus writing. And do you feel like the retention that you had with the typing was just the same as you did when you were writing, like handwriting in college, right? So why type, though? It was more of a time saver. Writing just took way, way too long with everything you needed to learn. Typing was just so much quicker. And I also found it a lot more organized because you would have, if you were to lose paper or anything you had already worked on, you had it on your computer. You could always reprint it, if anything. But something that I realized with typing, something that I would do is I would create two columns. And as I was going, I would kind of create my own questions. So that way, I wasn't just aimlessly typing over what the textbooks or my notes said, but I would kind of be formulating different questions to work myself through the study guides, if that makes sense. (laughs) Um, That's actually very smart. So not copy and paste from your books. No, no. Because I've seen some people do that and I struggle to see how that's helpful. So how do you formulate these um, questions? So for example, if you have a topic, let's say you're looking over lacerations, since we see those a lot in the emergency room, of course, instead of just writing facial laceration remove in five days, I would write how many days should you tell patient to return back in? And then on my other column, I would do five days so that I'm kind of thinking through as I'm typing and not just like, as you say, copying and pasting from the textbook. Okay. So you would basically process the information, create a question from that mm-hmm. and then write it down. And then how you, would you go through your notes? The joy of doing the two columns is... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great that you're calling it joy. <laughs> so you can fold the paper and then kind of quiz yourself when you go back and print out the study guides. So you basically are writing your 
study guide or your notes and then you're using them as like flashcards in a way. Yeah, in a way. Just not taking up, you know, using paper instead of having 500 flashcards in my pocket. (laughs) Well, that's smart. So kind of going back to what you were talking about with the blueprints and study guides and organizing that, what do you mean by that? I was fortunate where my school was involved in the PAEA um, end of rotation exam. So these are kind of standardized exams. And on their website, they provide blueprints for each exam, which is like a list of topics and the percentage for each topic and each disease. So that made it kind of easier to make a study guide. So you basically follow the um, distribution of questions that's going to be on the test. Yes. So let's say whatever topic is going to be 40% of the test, you would focus 40% of your energy on that. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, yeah. I would focus, you know, most of the time cardiology was the biggest for all the exams. So you fo- I would focus the most on cardiology, usually start with the biggest topic and then work my way down the list. Okay. And... Does that also reflect on how you revise for the tests or that's just how you, you know, study your first time around and create your study guides? So each blueprint's a little bit different depending on the rotation, but pretty much every exam was a little bit different. So I would focus on the biggest topic first. And you mentioned also consistency. What do you mean by that? For me, I'm a visual learner as well. So I think just having consistent study guides, you know, as in they look the same consistent? Yeah. They, okay. Yeah. They look the same. Also, just where you study and what time of day you study, I think, is also important. At least for me, I found that I was lucky enough to live in New York City and going to the New York Public Library at Bryant Park was very easy for me to get to and very consistent and everyone around you is studying and there's no distractions. And that's where I found that I studied the best. Okay. So how do you prepare for the big day? You looked at your blueprints, you created your study guide, you made sure it's consistent in the way it looks, you went to the library, the same location, to make sure that, you know, you're maintaining your focus, you type these notes. How do you prepare for the actual big day? I live in New York, so I take the subway to my classes, and I would make sure I would leave a little bit earlier than normal. I'd bring my folded study guides onto the subway with me, study for a little bit on the subway, and then just kind of relax once I get to school. Those were more for the end of rotation exams. Regarding my boards exam, the pants, I think what was most important to me that I realized was that my exams throughout PA school were only, you know, 90 minutes, two hours, but then the pants can run as long as five hours. So a tip that was given to me that I think was so important is that you need to learn to sit for those five hours without interruptions, you know, without getting up and going to get a snack. I mean, you're allowed bathroom breaks, but getting up too many times to go use the bathroom. So how did you train yourself for this marathon? Because it sounds like we all are good at the sprint, but when it comes to the marathon, we just completely lose it. So this is where the New York Public Library came in with me, which was helpful because you're not allowed to eat or drink in the study rooms. So I would kind of force myself to sit there for, you know, the two hour time period without getting up and getting a drink or going to the bathroom. And then I would kind of try to do it, 
you know, very quickly kind of the way they do it with your boards where they only allot you five, 10 minutes to go use the restroom. And then I would go back and sit for another two, three hours and then get up and do the same thing. And it was hard at first because you want to look at your phone, you want to snack. But when it came time for my exam, it felt like a breeze to sit there in the testing center. And I think it also calms me down a lot more because I wasn't thinking about other things, you know. This is a great idea. And you kind of snuck in another fantastic tip in there. I don't know if you noticed that. So one of it is kind of training yourself for the discipline of the exam day. Because like you said, if you're not used to sitting around for X amount of hours or, you know, waking up at a certain time, that's another thing that people talk about. If you're not used to waking up at 7 a.m., for example, you will not do well at a 7 a.m. test. But then the other thing that you snuck in there is that you were doing what people call deep work or you are focusing on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're eliminating distractions. Yes, going to the bathroom is a distraction. Your phone is a distraction, all of these things and kind of disciplining yourself to really get into that deep mode where all you're doing is focusing on your topic is something that not a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll speak for myself. You and I share that passion for emergency medicine and we both know that people who work in emergency department are pretty terrible at focusing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like squirrel. And you're just looking at something different. And although, you know, that's a great talent that you can multitask, that's where we fall short with working deeply or focusing a lot. So thank you for sneaking in another tip. That's that's fantastic, Kelsey. Yeah, and that, that's something too I learned to appreciate is that sitting down and studying, as you said, deeply for five to seven hours is so much more effective than sitting in your apartment and, you know, studying for 12 hours, but then you spent one hour, you know, making lunch or like, you know, getting up and it's not really as effective. I think just really sitting down, focusing for those seven hours and then relaxing the rest of the day, it was so much more effective for me. So quality, not quantity. Yeah, exactly. Any other tips for preparing for the big day? I think for the big, big day, you know, boards and things like that, you need to relax the day before. I didn't pick up my textbooks at all the day before my exam. I sat down that night on the couch and I think I actually, I made sure I watched something that made me laugh to de-stress myself. So I think I actually watched Bad Moms, which was actually pretty (laughs) funny. So I de-stressed, watched a funny movie and went to bed and I actually think I slept that night, which is pretty impressive. And then I got up and went and did my thing and I felt prepared and I passed and it was the best feeling ever. And now it's behind me and now I'm on to actually working. And that's amazing. (laughs) What helped you focus for that long? Anything in particular other than the fact that, you know, you're in a place where you were not allowed to eat and drink? I think that's the biggest thing is to just surround yourself with people who are doing the same thing you're doing, you know, whether it's they're focused on whatever work they're doing. Sometimes coffee shops for me, I could get into really deep focus because I would see other people very focused. For me, it's just being around people who are also focused. I find when I'm by myself, I get more distracted than when I'm with other people, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So I think just being around other people for me, like, allowed me to really be focused. Something that I semi-joke about because it's still very real 
is that my favorite time to bleach my entire kitchen was the day before an exam. Yes, (laughs) I totally can relate to that. That's why I had to leave the apartment. (laughs) And I think too, like I was always proud to bring my study materials out to other places too. Like, so you would take them on a little field trip? Yeah, yeah. Like I would feel proud to bring like my physician assistant study guide books with me and like, you know, to kind of show off in a way what I was studying because you should feel proud of yourself. You're tackling medicine, which not everyone can do. And it's tough. That also motivated me. That is also fantastic. (laughs) Anything else you want to share with us? Just to stay positive, and even if it does feel like the worst day or the worst week, you will get through it, and you will pass that test, you will pass that board exam, and you will land your dream job, and everything will be okay. (laughs) Well, thank you so, so much, Kelsey, for sharing your time and your wisdom with me and with our listeners. These have been some fantastic tips about preparing well for your exams and knowing the blueprint so you can create a study guide. Typing because that's apparently the school you subscribe to other than handwriting. Um, Being consistent in creating notes that actually look the same. And that's something I'm a huge fan of, by the way. Having a environment that encourages deep work. And as a preparation for your big day to make sure that you have prepared yourself to actually sit still and study for the entire length of the exam, which is usually for board exams a lot longer than, you know, normal (laughs) exams, which should last for only an hour or two. But these board exams last for five, six, seven hours. And finally, to de-stress the day before your exam. And most importantly, stay positive and be proud of what you do. Yes. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. This was fun. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the things that Kelsey has mentioned. And she's mentioned a lot of really good things. One thing that she talked about was creating questions while studying. And that's a great way to engage with a text. Basically, you're looking for the main points and you try to convert them to questions. Other ways to engage with a text and make this more of an interactive learning experience is to try to rephrase the main ideas in your own words and relate new ideas to old ones. What Kelsey also describes are the three steps of processing information. Step number one is encoding, which is writing down the information, which she does during lectures. Step number two is consolidation, where she reorganizes this information, looking back at her notes at the end of the day when she gets home. And then part number three, which is retrieval where she starts asking herself questions to answer them. This way, she gets to consolidate this information as best as possible. Another really important topic that she talks about, and something that I find very intriguing, is the concept of deep work, which is basically focused, uninterrupted, undistracted work on a task that pushes your cognitive abilities to their limit. You don't really retain or make connections while you're doing shallow work. And what's really important for you to be able to achieve deep work is to limit distractions, which is so difficult. Some things are really obvious, like noise, frequent breaks, but some are not because we don't really think of them as that much of a break, like taking three seconds to check your smartphone. One thing that helps is choosing a working space that's dedicated to deep work, like a meeting room or a library, as Kelsey had mentioned. And that way you will associate the space with the concept of having to do deep work. A book that I found very inspiring to learn more about this is the book Deep Work, Rules for Focused Success in a Distracted World, by Cal Newport. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Roshcast, How to Learn Better. Follow us on Twitter at Dania Kojo and send your comments, questions, and thoughts. You can also share them on our blog, or if you prefer email, send your thoughts to howtolearnbetter at roshreview.com. We are planning season two and would love to hear your ideas and topics that you want covered. 
And until next time, goodbye.